Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, guys, welcome back. Second podcast of the day. We got my man, Christian Harder, known as Real Charter 30. He is a longtime friend, also got a lot of Maryland ties and roots. So we have, uh, we have some catching up to you. It's been a while. Christian, how are you? What's up, Jeff? Yeah, it's good to see you, man. You as well. You as well. Crazy time, crazy, crazy year, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, for poker, at least there is some, some opportunity to play online and you know, things we like to do. I think uh, it's not maybe affecting our life as much as maybe some people, some industries. How has COVID been for you overall? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how quickly the landscape changed. Uh, luckily for me, like I've been the past few years, really the past 10 years, but I've gone ebbs and flows of playing a lot more cash. So um, this year has been has been really good because I've just been playing online cash mostly, uh, online PLO specifically. Of course, I'm still like I'm still like a, a tournament donkey at heart, so I still have to have to get in the mix in those. But yeah, like you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending how you think about it, like COVID has has been okay, has been good for me in, in terms of uh, my job. But uh, obviously, it's you know a terrible thing that's happening in the world. But uh, yeah, it's, the landscape changed quickly. But fortunately for me, I was like able to sort of adapt and just play play on freaking my iPads and, you know, all this stuff. It's like, I couldn't imagine even, you know, a year and a half ago, like what, what my daily, <laughs> daily thing looks like. Daily grind looks like. For sure. No, it's uh, it has been a, it's been an interesting year. I, I do. Speaking of uh, tournaments, I do want to, we're going to spend some time going down memory lane, which I always enjoy your, your, sure. you got an illustrious career as well. You've got uh, a long time. We started around the same time and we've known each other a long time as well. And, and also did you know, live in, in the same vicinity for a while. Actually, yeah. literally your career might be like a mirror of mine in terms of, we have very close results online. We play a lot of the same stuff or, you know, live. Uh, we also have, you started, I think my first ever Hen and Mob was September of 07. Yours is August 07. And, you know, you, you, you delve right in though and hit some. Yeah, I started, some off, I started off running. You got right in there and dinked pretty hard. Actually one of the few though, who didn't final table, his first hen and mob, which I feel like that's like an automatic, like I've just noticed, I feel like people who final table that first live event or cash, it kind of hooks you. So you waited an, a whole extra to your second to hit a big score. But tell me about where you were in your career at this time, like playing online versus live and, and what was going on here uh, in August of 07 and, and yeah. what right alive. So I guess in 07, I was just like, I was like a typical person, typical like online poker Poker boom, money maker in high school, two thousand three, four, five. You know, yeah. six. Like like all of us, uh, graduate high two thousand five. Uh, and then I just went to I just went to college, and I was kind of like teetering in between of not caring about school at all and grinding. Uh, and then I started like didn't really have that much money. And then in like two thousand six, I think I got started. I got backed by Mike McDonald. Uh, won a tournament online here and there. And then and then I actually left and got backed by Backs and Sheets. Uh, some legendary poker backers, both of them, uh, all three of them, really. Uh, and then in um, 2007, 2008, obviously, I want to see to the Bahamas tournament. I would go to Turning Stone. That's basically all I could do because I was 18, 19 at the time. Uh, I want to see to the PCA. Uh, it's, of course, in January, or it was in January. So I went on um, a winter break of school, and I final tabled it. I dropped out of school. I didn't go back to, didn't go back to school for the second semester. 
I went to Germany, final table that, lost my old backer, Timex, who won that tournament. <laughs> you so, Timex uh, won the tournament? Quite a like, lucky start in terms of live, like just immediately final tabling, back-to-back EPTs, basically. Uh, but, you know, I had obviously, like, been playing a lot online just before that. And I in 2007 was, like, a really good year for me online. Uh, instead, that's kind of what started it. I kind of just, honestly, in poker was, like, a, a completely different game. Obviously, you know, and other people know, like, back then, like, Honestly, the way I got, I mean, the way I like started playing poker and started getting good at poker was just like reading on two plus two what other people said or even pocket fives. But you know, back then, like you could just get like free content, you could immediately be like one of the <laughs> better regulars in the game. So yeah, I was just lucky to get in at the right time, and and then obviously like final tabling those two tournaments right off the start like helped me like get a bankroll and just just keep going. Here I am. <laughs> yeah and and how how did you get in touch with mcdonald and then what happened so you you go seventh eighth in these two epts in the same month i mean that, that must have been pretty wild to uh yeah. score six figure scores also playing for life-changing money i mean 200k is kind of life-changing money especially early on at, at the beginning uh sure. at this time but you know you're playing for million two million dollars what was it like to just be there straight out the gate and be like, see that two million to first eight left locking up six figures. Like what, what was that feeling? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was insane. Uh, well, back to your first question. Like, I think I was just like posting a lot on two plus two and I didn't sound like an idiot. And basically back then that, that's like a required, that's, that's all you had to do to meet the minimum threshold for Timex, <laughs> Timex to back you. So I remember just messaging him and I think I won the full till 1k 2007 and then I like got a little money and then, um, yeah. And then just, um, yeah, and then immediately, like, going, like, those, I think, it's funny, I never even thought of this, I think Bahamas and Germany were the first two, that's the first time I've ever been out of the country, those two countries back to back. And, yeah, I was definitely, like, I was definitely, like, pretty uncomfortable, like, because I barely, I had only played live at Turning Stone, and to be all set in, like, playing for millions of dollars, or, you know, a million or two million dollars, so, was quite the, it was quite the rush. Um, I definitely was just, like, trying to ladder at times and not, <laughs> and not like play my game. But you know, when you're a 19 year old kid with no money and then all of a sudden you're in these spots, it's tough to, to keep your, to keep your head. Listen, I've been playing for yeah 17 years and yeah, that's still keep Laddering's always never, never a bad thing. You know, yeah. it's, it's fun to, it's fun to get those pay jumps, especially when they're significant. So, all right. So you have some big success uh, at this point though, were you playing? I mean, you were, cause I remember too, back, back in the Maryland days when I lived, uh, in 09 till 15 and we were you know we would we would be at AC at the same time we would run into each other we talked and we were playing a lot like we were we were really grinding a lot but you were more of a live or at this point you were still on I mean because you were basically one of the the marquee household names in online poker at its peak yeah uh, in 2009 you were the number one ranked player maybe in the world between live and online or I don't know exactly what oh, was yeah it? um yeah I think that was like a card player thing where they combined uh Combined player of the year points with online player of the year points. Right. Uh, but yeah, in 2000, basically until 2009, I was just like, I would play the, like a live tournament. Well, I wasn't, tw- I wasn't, first of all, I wasn't 21 until um, 2009. So, or the end of 2008. But um, I was still playing mostly just like online tournaments until 2009, 10. And then that's when I kind of stopped playing. When I, well, stopped playing. I, I played more uh, live probably in 2000. 2010 and 11 and then I would and then that's also when I started playing cash so then I I kind of have mixed a lot like it's funny actually in 2011 I was I was like I was probably gonna get supernova elite like like from playing PLO so I kind of have always like I would just get bored sort of and like wanted to try something new and all of a sudden in 2000 late 2010 I fell in love with PLO 
And I was like, all right. I'm, and then <laughs> January 1st hit, and I'm like, I want to get Supernova Elite or whatever. And then Black Friday happened, and it kind of, that kind of like derailed things, where then I went back to just playing mostly live, of course. Uh, and then now I'm playing mostly PLO cash again. So it's I, didn't, I didn't realize you were so into PLO. I've, that's how my, my main game is PLO cash, and then I, I like tournaments still. But there is something just fun about it. I didn't realize that you were so – uh that you that you enjoy playing cash so much yeah. what, is that just is that do you feel the game's better at this point like it does seem to be that's the the overall consensus oh, I, I think it's like not even remotely close like i think in terms of where the landscape of where games are uh plo is just way like way softer games because I, I still play like probably 10 percent no limit online but that's only in like certain situations because for the most part like if you're playing above like you know even one, two, but like, I, you know, I'm playing mostly like 5, 10, 10, 20 PLO. If you're playing those stakes in no limit, it's like you have to do so much more work to, to keep up with the, with the player pool. Makes sense. And, just, yeah, just, and on average, just like the, the fun players, the rec players are just, um, I think, better in no limit as well. That makes sense too. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a very fair statement. Also, it's more fun, right? It just is. There's four. Yeah, and it's just a game that I enjoy. It kind of captivated me and it's fun. Yeah. I'm looking too at your hen and mob again. I didn't realize this particularly, but I do see some like you cat got deep in the 25k uh, PLO. Looks like you've had some pretty good scores in in uh, an actual PLO. Yeah, I got two fours in World Series PLO. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty sick. And and your what's your so you, you, your highlight uh, is it your biggest? I remember this thing specifically because this was, I think, the first year they dropped it or, or one of them because you did win the Poker Stars yeah. where it all began for you. How was that to to get back and, and, and actually close this out? And against your former backer, nonetheless, heads up, that must have been a pretty wild, uh, surreal feeling. Yeah, I, I came I came full circle, I guess. Uh, that I mean, that was awesome. Like, that was just a great feeling. And Less, I mean, obviously the money was amazing, even though it was, you know, the smallest PCA ever. <laughs> but uh, um, just, just I never won like a major live tournament, so that was I've gotten, I got second in WPT, and to, to finally like to win it, to actually win a freaking tournament, you know, a bit of win a big tournament. Obviously, I had won small tournaments, uh, especially a tournament like the Bahamas was uh, just, it was just awesome to like finally reach the what I felt like, you know, pinnacle or whatever. We reached the best. So that, I mean, it was funny playing against backs. We actually chopped, but then, but then we played heads up, and uh, I was lucky to, to, you know, win the whatever final hand. Or, but um, yeah, I mean, it was funny playing against backs. I mean, Cliff is like, <laughs> I mean, I owe so much to Cliff, and I, I mean, he's like, he's the man. So it was obviously very cool to play against him. Yeah, it's awesome. You say to get the monkey off the back, win a major. I mean, I'm same boat. I've got seconds and thirds and WSOP and WPTs. And, you know, it's hard to get there. It's hard to win. And I remember for the longest time, you were definitely one of those guys. People would say like Christian's one of the best that hasn't like won a major, hasn't got like a, a title. So like that does have to feel good. Uh, you know, you got to tell me how to finish. Let me know how to how to close out that. It's hard, man. Those are hard. The lat to actually win is hard. Um, so that's uh, that's that was good. I remember seeing that. I was like, wow, that's awesome. That was that was very cool. Um, what what is that? Would you say what was maybe the most significant though? Was it the early on seventh for two hundred that just kind of kept you in and let you know it was possible? It was, I mean, it, it it would have to be those two. Even though I mean, it, it's really hard to say <clears throat> because the money like wasn't that much different. Honestly, getting like fourth in the WPT championship, which you have up, was like pretty huge for me at the time. It gave me – I felt like that's the first time when I got fourth in that tournament. It's like the first time where I felt like I had real money, I guess, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'd just been doing well in line and, and then at that point and then doing well and then, you know, getting fourth there. Like, I felt like I was – I felt like I was doing all right. Like, not – you know, obviously, as an 18, 19-year-old, when I, like, you know, have 100K, that's that's a lot. But 
when it, that, I remember that point feeling like, all right, like I can do this. I'm good. Like, uh, like I can, I can, you know, sustain a big, you know, uh, downswing. I just felt like I was, you know, I was good. I don't know. Right. You were, you were comfortable. That was a, yeah. that was a, that was a definite step. But, on. but I think the win, yeah, for sure. overall the win was like definitely the biggest moment. Because honestly, like a couple of years before that, the part, two prior years before that, I'd done pretty bad in live tournaments. Like, so, you know, in poker's a game where like, you're always like, especially me who's been around for so long, who's played and like seen different types of how the game's changed. You know, you like sometimes you're questioning yourself. So to help me give me some more like validation about like, all right, at least I'm not like, I'm not giving away any tournaments. Those. Right. Yeah, it is. How do you kind of, how do you deal with that with the results oriented? You obviously, you have a pretty good idea when you're running bad or not, but you know, a lot of times too, it's not your last hand or whatever. And you know that. So it's yeah. not like, oh, I lost ace jack to ace 10 and, and I got knocked out. Well, why did you only have 12 blinds? So like, do you ever, is it easy for you to differentiate when you think you're not playing your best and when you're running bad? Or do you, do you still do you struggle with that to say like, man, like what's going on? I'm in a slump or, you know, it's- am I playing bad? Because I always find that's difficult. Yeah. It, well, I think it's especially difficult with live. And that's obviously because of the sample size issue. So, you know, if you're playing online and you're going like months and months of losing, that, like you can probably figure out like right that like like within like two or three months, like or even less, like, okay, I need I need to figure out like what's going on. Like, like, like why, why is this happening? Um, <laughs> but in terms of live, you can, tr- it's, it's so trippy. Like you can trick yourself you can convince yourself one way or the other, whether you're just running bad or you're playing bad and it could be the opposite. So I've always struggled live with like, with the sample size. Cause you know, I'm playing whatever, 50 tournaments a year. That's nothing. You can play that in two days, right? Online. So it's, it's, it's always, a, it's been a struggle of mine to figure out like at certain times in my, in my poker career, especially later in my poker career, uh, my live, my, my tournament later career about, um, the balance between, am I just running bad or am I, am I, no longer have the edge I, that I did. And obviously I've realized now that, I mean, I'm not over time, like my, everyone's edges, especially someone like me, who's, you know, an, an old man in the poker, in the poker tournament scene that my edges have gone way down and, and that's okay. And that's part of the reason why, why I'm, you know, playing more cash games, games I'm more comfortable and just earning money, whatever. But obviously, and then also COVID has changed a lot of things where uh, I, you know, maybe because it's because I'm my age, but I've struggled like the patience of online tournaments now that maybe that so that's that's also been another thing where I just don't feel like sitting on my computer all day every day. So uh, I've res- but mad respect to you and all the other guys who've been around since you know pre Black Friday who are still you know grinding the tournament scene. I love, I love the online tournaments. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I, I got into the Twitch thing because for sure the same thing. I do feel like it's tough to sit even days where you know there's days where you don't really feel up to it. So I I kind of. Uh, yeah, having that sort of makes it like a, a little bit of a cheat, 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 cheat code for me to like be in there, talk with people, keep entertaining, keep excited because it is kind of tough to say, all right, here you go for twelve hours. You know, I'm just going to take two and three outers and coolers in the face for. Yeah. for like, and maybe there's some accountability. Like, all right, I can't. Like, I got, I got people watching. I got a stream. I got, I got a party poker deal. I can't just like mail it in tonight. Like, right? Yeah, I'm I not going to. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. There's some punts, but less. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're not really playing the game, but um, no, for sure. I, I think that's uh, that's fair to be said. And cash games definitely more sturdy if you have good games or good access to games. Yeah. Uh, there, which there are still very good games, especially during I feel like these Corona COVID times. You know, there's there's a lot of different options, a lot of games people are playing, and PLO cash games seem to be the 
the preference in general from what I know of and, and see. Um, and uh, tell me, tell me a bit about like what you do for work on your game, what you did back then and what you're doing now for, to, to keep up or try to stay ahead of the, the curve. Yeah. Um, back then it really wasn't, it wasn't much. Um, like I, I, I mean, I've said, I've said this like on Twitter or like to other people, but honestly in 2007, eight, like, you could become like one of the better regulars by reading two plus two. And that's kind of amazing to, cause like a lot of the best players in the world, like Ike and, and Anski and Sean D all those guys were just like posting like, Hey, what should I do in this hand? And they would just respond. And then honestly, because of, you know, because of the lack of like learning tools back then, that was the best way. So that, that was easy. And like, I'm someone who just is like a tactile, like I, you know, I, I learned by figuring it out. So and then that, that's uh, probably part of the reason why, why in 2020 I'm not, you know, I'm not, I know I don't have, I know that I'm not going to be like one of the elite elite players in the world. And, you know, I'm content with that with now. Um, as for now and learning, uh, it's, it's a couple things. It's, you know, I'm someone, who, and then this is another reason I'm someone who's kind of struggled like with, with dealing with solvers like myself. So I haven't like super like learned much, learned a lot from directly on hands-on, like learning from Munker or Pop Pile. Uh, but in terms of talking to people, in terms of, uh, I, I do a lot of absorbing content from other people instead of actually doing it myself, whether I'm watching a course, you know, I've bought some courses, whether I'm watching videos or talking to people, I still talk to people about hands and, you know, I'm sure an internet, internet nerd will laugh. Like you're talking to people instead of putting into a solver, but you know, that, that's, that's okay. Like that's, that's how, that's how I've gotten like to where I am and, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm more that way too. I mean, I know the solver stuff and I, do a bit of it, but for sure, I'd rather talk to people. And honestly, I find it boring. And that's part of the things like I've always, I'm always someone who struggled with like, that's kind of why, like I, it's hard for me to grind online tournaments all day. Cause I just get bored. And like, and I still, I still like maybe because I've been in the game for so long where I don't have the same fire where I remember waking up for a Sunday in 2009, 10, 8, 11, where I'd like be fired up. And I just don't have that. I don't have the fire for, for the online tournament grind anymore. I don't have a fire for like the super long grind, um, but I still love poker. It's just a different kind of grind. It's the old yeah. No, we're in the same. I think I, I feel the same kind of in a lot of respects to what you're saying um, to find that, you know, it is, it's different. And it's also, uh, you know, it's, it has, it is harder now, but like, where, where do you believe um, like, let's just say you hop in, some of these five K's or, you know, live at 3,200 WPT. Like, what do you believe? You know, obviously you can still win. So can I, some of these guys are doing a lot of advanced work, but these fields are great. You know how to close poker tournaments. Like, yeah, sure. There might be certain stack sizes where you should be doing something a little differently. What the book says, but that doesn't mean, trust me, there's guys that are winning tournaments and live tournaments that are, you know, don't have much ability at all or, or, or whatever. Like you're still, you still considered a world-class poker player. You know, I would like, so would I, I would throw myself in there. Like we have a lot of experience. We have a lot of knowledge. We're always, we're still kind of staying in tune to what's going on. Uh, what would you say uh, would separate you from someone like that, you, you know, is doing like the most work and so, so uh, advanced, like where do you think you would re- compare? Like, you're, yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of people like, like that, like they would do like way better than me in like a high roller. Um, I, I do think like just my experience in terms of if I'm playing a main event, like a, whatever, a, a 3,500 WPT, just my uh, experience with certain types of player pools and certain understanding like humans and understanding like live poker. Uh, and obviously just the experience of playing so many hands against these certain types of players. Uh, I, th- I think just, just, just my experience and understanding certain situations, certain spots and how people 
and how people, how rec players and how, and how, you know, maybe weaker pros will react to certain, certain situations. I think that's one of the bigger advantages I have. And that's, but that's, that's obviously like um, mostly a live poker thing. Uh, yeah. Right. Makes sense. And do you, are you, would you consider yourself more, you prefer now, uh, let's say COVID's back, um, done and, you know, say summer, this coming summer, like you can, do you prefer live to online though? Or are you just like, now you're so used to a lot online and, and it's, you know, it's hard to say. I haven't really been, um, I haven't really been motivated to play live at all. Uh, I'm just enjoying like the grind online, uh, short sessions. I can, like, that's the thing I've, I've been saying, like the patience thing where, where I can like play for an hour of cash or an hour and a half, take a break, whatever, do what I have to do, play for another two hours. Uh, so that, that's like, honestly, like the most appealing thing to me about online and what, in terms of live, even playing cash, it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to go in, I'm going to, I'm going to play for six hours. Like, uh, but obviously I think ideally for me, it's, it's a mixture of both. And I still love like, man, I still love tournaments. Like I'd love for COVID to be over and need like to fly to Florida or even the Borgata and play at 3500 WBT. So like, obviously I think for me and for my mental state and my happiness, I would say some mixture of both, right. but mostly I would say online pillow and live tournaments. Yeah, that's uh I agree. I think it's good to have the mix. I think it's also fun. I think that the ability to play cash and tournaments for a living, uh, to be able to mix in both is important, you know, cause it's kind of fun to have that chance at that massive score. It's also nice to have the consistent ability. If you're in a, if you're plus CV in a game that you can kind of pick up consistent money, but then have a shot to, to kind of level up or hit that kind of game changing score. You need that excitement and kind of change of pace, I think too, sometimes, but yeah. stuck on a tournament grind, only is also pretty scary and can be tough, right? Like the variance and it's just, there's a lot of uncertainties. What would you, what would be looking back on being backed at different times? You mentioned Mike McDonald, you mentioned uh, backs and sheets. What were the, what were the reasons to starting being backed and then stopping and picking up? And, and would you have done anything differently? Like knowing what you know now, do you think you did anything differently that you should have, or would just, that was just how it should have been because of where you were in the situation. And then what were the pros and cons? Um, I mean, the pros are at the beginning, I had no money. So I, I could play like $10, I could play like $5 or $10 tournaments, right? Because I'm, I'm 17, oh, not 17, I'm 18 or whatever. Right. And so that was a no-brainer for Timex. In terms of action sheets, I think maybe I would have left earlier. But they, they're, I mean, these are these are sharp guys. They did, they did special incentives for me to, to stay with them. <laughs> so I, like, so ideally maybe it would be to leave earlier from action sheets because obviously when I was with them was when I was just like, in terms of tournaments, I was just making the most money I've made in my career. So um, ideally it would be to leave a little earlier with them, but you know, th- I was young and I was happy with how the situation was going. And um, yeah, and actually I just remember this, but my third backer later in the career after I left mostly for like, was, was actually mostly for like a high stakes live game was your previous guest, Tom Marquesi. So shout out to him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Tom's a great guy. I know you were, you were, uh, you were mentioning some of the stuff with Tom. You've, I didn't know he actually, um, you were backed by him, but yeah, he, uh, he, he's gotten pretty deep into the sports card world as we were discussing earlier. And I know you are a big sports fan, Maryland in particular. Yeah. Any, uh, any, do you, what's been your sports take and appetite, uh, recently? Do you, are you doing betting? Are you doing yeah. any, what, any, uh, sports card collecting? Yeah, I love sports. I mean, still, since I was a kid, like I've always been, and that's kind of, that's kind of how I, I feel like, um, part of what, part of what made me in poker was I was so competitive and I love sports as, as a kid, but I really wasn't that good at them. Like I barely played high school baseball and, and, and I, I think I found something like later in my high school, 
career I found poker, I found something where I could be competitive and I could compete like actually well at. So I think that's kind of why sports is kind of like why poker happened for me. But yeah, I, I, I love sports. I love cards. And um, yeah, I was just, as we were saying before stream, um, Tom, man, I, I remember a couple of years ago uh, how generous he was. We were just talking about sports cards. He's like, what's your address? And all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, three days later, he sends me a couple hundred dollars of the cards, like legit, like numbered autos, like of like, like real stars. And I was like, Man, I mean, Tom's always like the nicest dude in the world. So I can't wait when COVID's over and hopefully I'm back in Vegas to check out his, check out his story. Yeah, me too. I want to, I want to get there and, and check that out. Also tell me um, about your monogram uh, or the uh, or charter 30. What's the 30 and what's called Christian Harder. I get charter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, 30. What's the number Christian there? Charter. You know, a couple people actually used to call me C Harder, but that lost on the poker. Cause once they, once they see it in, in the, how it's written, they went to, they went to charter. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, 30 is the street address that I grew up on, actually. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. That's when I was coming up with an AIM screen name back in the day. I was right. like, I need, a, I need something at the end. The, you know, the, the first part didn't work. What's the, what number am I going to go with? I love what the street like, is my address. So that's it. And I still, you know, still rolled with it. That's awesome. Well, that name, that name definitely did, provided to be a strong name on there. And I think your biggest uh, cash, at least recorded, on here is eighty-seven thousand. We get over three million in, in earnings to show how consistent you were, peaking at number fourteen on the rankings of the the sliding leaderboards. How in you were the into this stuff, pocket fives and the the rankings and seeing that a pretty cool site. Yeah, back, back then I was I was all I was all like I remember in two thousand eight nine. I was just like trying to make the top ten. I guess I, I guess I couldn't. It says my all time high is fourteen. But man, never getting a hundred K score online was 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 so frustrating for me. Obviously, at, like at my peak, there weren't that many tournaments with a hundred K for score score. But I think I have like I don't know six caches between seventy and eighty seven. So to not have a hundred, I thought, you know, still still to this day, you need to get yeah. better. Well, that just shows uh, how strong. I know you won the hundred rebuy a lot, and you definitely have a, a crazy amount to have three point two million and nothing over eighty seven shows you how many. You know how many how many strong scores uh, you had in there, and also about I want to talk about. So you grew up in I believe is it Annapolis or about yeah, Maryland, and you used to go to Navy games with your dad like every weekend. Is that? Or- yeah, I used to. I used to a lot of times. I just go by myself. So I, I grew up basically right next to Navy football stadium. So I would walk to the games. Uh, so yeah, I grew up. I grew up loving sports. I grew up uh, Annapolis. I, I love it's my hometown. I'm I'm not I'm still in Maryland, but I'm not in Annapolis, but I'm very close. But uh, yeah, I just grew up going to Navy games, but then I, then I also obviously loved Maryland, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I, 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 I was t- actually Jeff E uh, shout out to him. He actually was excited. He was pumped up, sending me some messages like, Oh yeah, man, this is, you know, this is great. We're going to watch. He might be watching right now. I'm sure he'll check this out, but he told me a story. I don't want to use names, but he, he might've taken you to a poker game once. And I, I know the two guys, but there was a, I believe a knife pulled out and, uh, and, and got pretty crazy. What was that like? Yeah. <laughs> We were, um, yeah, we were playing in a, in a home in a home game, and this is before casinos opened in Maryland. Casinos opened in Maryland, what I don't know, six years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were probably playing like ten twenty five, no limit or something. And yeah, there was a there was a disagreement between two uh, two gentlemen. And the next thing I know, one guy went to the uh, the kitchen and come back with a knife, and I'm just out of there. Uh, there luckily, there was no that was the extent of it for for those two, but. Yeah, they Jeff laughs at me because he always says, uh, "Man, you were out of there so fast." I just left. I was just like, I like maybe took a photo of my of my stack, and I was like, "All right, this is this is time for me to go." Yeah, for a couple minutes, I was like, "This can't be happening." Because I played with these guys before, and 
you know, they're a little, they're a little weird, a little different, but you know, to, to ex- escalate to that was, was a little much. For yeah. Sure. It's a little, a little out of hand. I do want to remind everyone that we're, we are doing a $111 ticket giveaway courtesy of party poker. We are going to ask a question. If you want to get your question, we'll try to answer them. There's a lot. We got over a hundred. Uh, we're going to, we're going to try to answer some of these down the stretch here as well. So make sure you get that in and we'll try to do our best to, uh, to get to some of those. Also the Ravens are playing tonight. We got a, uh, we got the Ravens game. Are you, are you, uh, how big of a Ravens fan are you at the moment? Are you pretty, are you pretty into it? Are you following games close? Yeah. I mean, I, I love part of the reason <laughs> I've been playing online tournaments. I think the past couple months is football. I just, I, I love football and whether it's, it's, it's sports betting or DFS or just being a fan of the Ravens or being a fan of players in the NFL in general, um, has been, it's been big for me. But yeah. I mean, you know, the Ravens are going through little struggles right now, but they, they still, I think have a ceiling to be able to like win the Super Bowl. but you know, a lot of things have to bounce the right at this point. For sure. And, and what is, uh, what has been your thought on sports overall during COVID kind of how things have been handled you know, the NBA had some protests, the bubble. I actually, personally, I don't, I don't watch a ton of sports as much as I would like, but I found the bubble for the NBA. I found that to be in, in fascinating like i watched so many games they were great games it was intense like i you know the atmosphere was a little weird and the whole thing kind of bizarre but like the actual game seemed really high level and um i i thought it was good what, what's your kind of take yeah. i love the bubble i mean i mean it's easy for me to say i got well you know it, it was great first of all it was one of like the first sports to come back right so just having sports back in general was awesome <laughs> but uh the bubble yeah as you said the level of play was super high I read um, like the percent, like players just played a lot better. They shot a lot better because maybe because of, or probably because of the lack of, you know, noise and, and fans. So the, obviously the level was super high and it was a, it was, it was really, it was a really good experience. Yeah. Um, and obviously not having to deal with like players contracting COVID and, you know, and then, and then can, you know, getting things canceled. It's been kind of a, a shit show in college and college football and NFL. So um, uh, hopefully we can, kill this virus do you think that the do you think at this point do you think this is there any major sports that are in jeopardy and not finishing because I, I i did see there's a couple teams i think the ravens right and a few others had like huge breakouts and yeah. some games have been scheduled and moved like because at some point it could get too crazy if like enough players get it and teams have to miss schedule games and you now there's been some juggling already which it looks like it's manageable at the moment but like there is, I guess, a scenario where it could just get too crazy, right? Yeah, I think I think they're too deep in. I, I think at this point they're 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 there's they're gonna finish. It just might they just have to might have to do more juggling. But being on week thirteen, like you know, they're seventy percent of the way down the turn done this done the season. So yeah, like for example, the Ravens are playing on a Tuesday night and and they played on last Wednesday night, I think. <laughs> Which right. is just so funny if you follow NFL like to have Tuesday Wednesday night games, it's it's never happened before. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. At this point, I think I think it's destined to finish. But you know, they've done it. I think they've done. There's been some hiccups, but you know, they've done what they could. For sure. Who was uh? Who are a couple of players? And I think I know the answer. But to those watching, who are some of the guys like your crew of poker that you've grown up with, been a part of, uh, and, and learned from, and sort of been a team, if you will? Who who are some of the yeah. guys that are kind of your in your inner circle? Um, for me, two names jump off the board, and they're two guys that are better than me. Awesome dudes, awesome poker players. Uh, Greg Merson, who won the main event. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Greg. Happy birthday. Uh, he's supposed to be on the podcast as well. i got to reach out to him. I know he's kind of been under the radar. Like, just I haven't talked to him in a while, but I know. Yeah, you should hit him up. He's, I mean, he'd be great. he's a great interview. And he's, he, Greg still plays. He plays more than me. He plays every day. He's, he's, a, he's a grinder, man. Yeah. Um, 
and Tony Gregg, Anthony Gregg, uh, another, another guy, um, who's just an amazing dude, an amazing poker player. So honestly, then like at the, at, you know, at the, at the beginning of my poker career, and we were kind of came up at the begin beginning, like just, just seeing those guys and then, and then into the, you know, the mid 2010s and how well they were doing, they were just like an inspiration and they were, you know, great people to talk hands to great people just to talk life to. And, uh, yeah, those two for sure have, have yeah, meant a lot to me. Yeah, those are those are two strong there's names. A of, there's a lot of other names, but, but you know, I, I have to just say those two. For sure. Those are the two that that I was thinking and and uh, stood out, and definitely uh, Maryland Maryland uh, roots yeah. and very very strong. I know Greggy with that 2012, pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing year he had with the winning. I think he won. Wait, what, didn't he win the six max 10k you, plus the, you won the yeah you won the 10k six max in the very next tournament was the main event. He won that, and then uh, and then Tony won the 100k one drop among a bunch of other cashes. He is a they both, I mean, Tony has ridiculous, like, you know, over, I think over 11 million cashes. He hasn't yeah. really played in the past six those, years. Those are, those are definitely two, two great guys to have in, in your circle, in your crew, and, and know what they're doing. So, yeah, that, and how important is that? Because back, like we were saying, uh, Tom was talking about this back in the day, too. There wasn't a lot of solve, there wasn't really a lot of studying or solver yeah. stuff to do. So having a, having a good group to chat with uh, and talk with, you mentioned two plus two, having an area where you could get answers and deal, talk with the best, uh, having direct access had to be a huge advantage uh, for all you guys to kind of. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that was the number one thing into pre black Friday was who you talk to. Like if you talk to people who knew what they were talking about, you know, at least comparatively, right. Everything's comparatively um, or everything's relative that's that's how you got good and and i was able to like have friends that were really good and we all kind of learned together and you know i think i think that's actually when i i think i when i first met you was was through um sc trojan scott freeman who at the time was like shout out to him was like one of the best online tournament players in the world and i remember going to your house in baltimore with with him i think that was the first time we met first time we we hung out at least do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was, 2000, it was probably 2008, right? Uh, probably. Eight sounds right. Yeah. 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 That was, that was good times. I mean, there was, uh, you know, I think Baltimore, like the Maryland area, Michigan, uh, there's certain States and, and regions, New Jersey, they kind of just have Florida, South Florida. Like there's certain pockets that have a really yeah. strong community or some really, you know, good players and, and, uh, and just kind of that have grown up and, and come through and, yeah, man, those are those are great times. Like those really were the Borgata. I remember we go, we always tried to get up to Borgata yeah. during the WPTs, and you know Mike and uh, taking a limited AC with you and Mike. Yeah, the good old days, man. Those were those were very very fun times. Uh, definitely not to be not to be forgotten. I, I think that's something too. As life goes on and people get people get married, have kids, get busier, things happen. You, you really, you got to remember people. I would say that's like the biggest thing is not take stuff for granted. There's different like pockets in the areas of life and, you know, being able to, to uh, really be in the moment and, and understand how valuable those, those times are. Cause it's great to have family, great to have good friends. But in that time, you know, those are, those are, that, to me, that was the most fun in terms of poker and playing and exploring and traveling and, you know, just uh, the whole, the whole thing was, uh, it, it really was a good time. What, what do you think is the most enjoyable of your career? What, which pocket of time, if you had to like go back to the very beginning, the middle now, what do you remember most? Yeah, probably just the very beginning. I remember like, so I, as I said, like Bahamas was the first country I went to that was out of the country first, you know, country besides the U S and then Germany, the next trip. And then that basically that whole season, I just went, I just was like 19 year old bright. I didn't really know, wasn't very cultured, didn't really know anything. And I went to, you know, Denmark, Monte Carlo, 
um, whatever. I went EPT Copenhagen, EPT Monte Carlo. I don't know. EPT, I don't even remember. EPT London, maybe. So just, I think that time, like being a 19 year old, like traveling all over, all over Europe, back and forth. Uh, I, and, you know, obviously doing very well, both online and live. Like that was probably like one of the most enjoyable times, especially it's relative. Like, like I actually always say like the, the happiest I'd ever been winning a live a poker tournament was when I won a $5 tournament probably in 2006. So it, it's just funny. Like, it's all relative to how you are in the moment so yeah no for sure it's all exactly and it's uh they can mean different things at different times and the, the value proportionate to how much your net worth is or what's going on in your life okay it can be it can be all the difference it can also be the difference in you staying in the game you know having score yeah. or getting a feel knowing it's possible getting that confidence it, it goes it goes a long way uh what a what would be your advice to someone starting now? Because poker is something I asked Tom as well. It's different. The game has changed. You know, if someone wants to come in and start trying to trying to break in, it's like, hey, I love poker. I have another. I have a job, but I want to start playing a bit. What would be some tips you would say to people that that comes in to the game today? It's. I mean, it's, it's like it's a super tough entry point at this point. I think uh, the best case would be if if you're trying to play professionally, you would just need to like kind of go all in. If you're coming from such a, you need to to be able to like um, to learn from solvers, to learn from to learn from you know training sites. You you need to really like go all in in terms of playing small stakes online, learning, learn, watching videos, and then learning how to like use solvers, buy solvers. Like I would say, unless if you're trying to have fun and trying to do it on the side, make some side money, I would say just play only live. So that's kind of the opposite. But it's just tough now. Like I wouldn't. If someone, if a kid came up to me, especially like an American kid who doesn't have access to like, you know, the party pokers and poker stars, uh, I basically would say, you know, it, it, this probably isn't the time to like try to become an online crusher. Like there's very little, like you can see in terms of American poker players and, and where the best ones are. There's like, what, like of the top hundred known poker players, like, like American poker players, two of them are under the age of like 28. I mean, it's kind of crazy how, like a, like the elite of the elites or guys who've been who've been around since you know my time they've just they've just been able to, to stay on like you know the Jason Coons or whatever the uh, the Ikes um, you know they're in their thirties and then that's 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 because of the lack of online poker right now so hopefully you know the landscape changes for us in America but it's we're kind of behind the eight ball so if I was if I was like advising an American I would say you know just play for fun or play live because it's right now it's like it's unfortunately like not the best time. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, you see, yeah, I, in terms of demeanor, I'd say you're known to be easy, bat, uh, easy going laid back in general. Have you ever had a tense poker experience with someone like cocky or against someone at the table where you kind of just lost your cool or you, you know, you just, you just had to like get out of your normal. Cause you are very, you know, you're mellow. You're not a guy that's looking yeah. for conflict. You're, you're very you're friendly with everybody. Have you ever had some kind of issues with this? Well, when you first heard this question, I was like, I have no idea for this answer. And then I immediately just thought of something where probably because uh, this person reminds me of it all the time, but I was at the, the 3K PLO final table. And this wasn't, and this isn't a, uh, I'm not going to be yelling at the guy in this story, but I was at the 3K final table and um, I, ran a, I ran a big bluff in, uh, against Ben Lamb. Mm. And for some reason, some, I had some out-of-body experience where I took the card, I'm going to see one, he's in C like five. I took the cards after he folded the river. I put them face up and I just like flung them almost at him. Like they landed in front of him <laughs> where I just had a rush of like adrenaline and out of it. And he's just sitting there. <laughs> like we're at a, WP, we're at a WSP file table. 
and the cards are just like face up in front of him. He's, he looks at it because it's PLL. You have to take a second. And then he realizes I was bluffing, and he's just like <laughs> – he, he loves to – every time I see Ben – he talks about he he says the story, but probably better than me. But uh, he was, but, he, but but you guys are friendly. It was sort of like just like, yeah. Hey, was, well, at the time he was, we weren't probably you know we were friendly, but we weren't like friends. But so he was a little shocked. But the way he tells the story now is is pretty funny. But yeah, I just remember I've had very few of those um, experiences. But right. in terms of that was a very funny moment. I wish there was a video of me flinging cards face up at that. For sure, that's awesome. Um, what if you had to become a poker player? What other interests? Do you think you might have gone down what path? Was there any other thing that was close? Yeah, um, I love like in in high school I was really into like uh, law mock trial. I did like you know I played sports and I love sports, but I also was super into like I would you know watch Law and Order. And then all of a sudden I'm I'm did this mock trial. So then I wanted to be a so then I wanted to be a lawyer. My first major in college was like was like a politics international politics major. Um, so I think something involving, but at the same time that's like. That's that's a big commitment, right? Like going to law school, but either something in law or sports, right? Um, or I mean, honestly, now in, in my whole life, like I've loved cooking and, and food. So something involving owning or cook owning a restaurant or cooking at it or you know being a chef would be something else as well. Very cool. How how has it been in the area where you are directly with COVID? Are, are places kind of open? Is is stuff like completely shut down? How how is it? Uh, um, it's mostly it's mostly like twenty five percent capacity open indoors obviously mass required the casino is you know the casinos are open plexiglass max mass required i've played i played a grand total one time and they've been open for probably four months or three months so um it's mostly just been online for me but um yeah so it's unfortunate crazy situation around. Did, did, have you, did you get covid or is anyone that you know uh, i mean i have friends that got covid but uh not you know luckily I, i've been i've stayed safe how was it playing live? What was that like? The experience was it kind of bizarre. We it, were was, like, it was bizarre, man. I remember like just the whole thing. It's kind of uncomfortable. I remember like hitting my knuckles on this plexiglass because you're just like not used to hitting your elbows. <laughs> it yeah. was all very bizarre. Um, and I remember I like I think I, I won a big pot, and I think it was a lot partly to, the guy couldn't see my couldn't see my stack because of the plexiglass. <laughs> like like all types of like crazy, right? Crazy like it's just a it's you know I, I think. It made me actually feel more comfortable, though. Like I, I did. I wouldn't. I don't think I would play without parts of class. So, you know, overall, it was it was a, I guess positive experience. But it was just so odd, right? For sure. No, it's definitely what's uh, it's it's definitely different. What is uh what's the longest you've played a poker in a stretch? Have you ever just like during WSO like forty five days in a row? Or give me like longest probably streak you've played, and also um, hours. Have you done like a couple you know twenty four yeah. eight hour sessions? Uh, Definitely a World Series poker. World, you know, a summer World Series of grind would be the most I played, right? Where I maybe took, you know, two days off in forty-five or fifty days or something. Um, in terms of hours, I've never been someone who could who had the desire to or could play super duper long hours. But because I've had plenty of you know times in my career where I played a ton of live cash, but the most um, I played is probably um, probably like 16, 16 hours. Okay, so, so. pretty pretty serious. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's uh, – yeah, for some reason I thought you – I was thinking you had like a two-day, 48-hour something, but no. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm a, I'm a, I, love, I love my sleep, man. It's too much for me. I'm with you. The sleep is, is definitely definitely important. Let's uh, – what, what in terms of, you know, you're, you say big sports fan, 
you've traveled, you got, you, you push out on Instagram. Some, what's your, what's your favorite place? Looking back at some of these pictures, what do you think of your favorite stop you've ever been to uh, poker or otherwise? You, um, well, I, I just saw it, but it, I would have said this anyways. Um, just going to um, my trip, my trip to Australia and New Zealand, Australia for poker, obviously for the, for the um, Aussie millions and then continuing on just for fun in, in New Zealand. It was definitely probably my favorite poker trip. I'd always wanted to go to the Aussie millions because I, you know, Aussie millions existed since before I started playing at high stakes. Right. So, you know, I'd always been like, I want to go, I want to go, but then I'd always go to PCA and they're back to back. And I was like, I can't do it it's too far. Um, so, you know, I finally went like only a couple of years ago, I finally went and uh, just awesome country. Awesome. Awesome time to be there. The weather's great. The people are great. New Zealand is like the most beautiful place I've ever been. So that trip overall has to be number one for me. Yeah, I, I, I would utter that sentiment. It's, it's special. It's just different. The yeah. land, something very peaceful in nature and beautiful and different. Um, what, uh, what online do you think was like your superpower? What made you so successful? You mentioned, you, know, you say it kind of casually. Oh, like if you read two plus two and had access, you could be good. But, you know, you were definitely at this time, you were the number one. It's not just like there's a lot of people playing poker. You were number one ranked in the world. You had unbelievable results. You were grinding a lot. Uh, you know, this is pre black Friday. What do you think was your, what were some things you did differently than from people you knew or, or saw? What do you think was your, was your superpower? Um, so I think, uh, I think the ability to, to change my game. So I think a lot of people back then, they like kind of had one style, like they were either kind of tight or loose basically is what <laughs> too t- basically they're actually either too tight or too loose. That's kind of funny. Like right. looking back on it now. And, you know, I had, I think I was able to like, you know, fit, you know, um, you know, figure out things quicker, basically back then in terms of learning, like I went from being at the very beginning of my poker career, like super loose. Like I remember like, like, uh, Sean Deeb called me Spewzilla and like, there's like a card player thing about it. And then, but then, and then like, and then, at, so, and then after that, I became like, kind of like one of the tighter regulars. So, but this is back like 2008, 2009, 2007. So I think being able to, kind of like figure out like where I need to be like, because I think most players back then weren't really changing their style. Like I know how to play this way. I know how to play tight. I know how to play, tight. I know how to play aggressive. I know how to play aggressive. So I think just kind of keep, keeping people guessing and understanding like how people are reacting to me and to, to other players um, was, was what something that helped me. Yeah, no, that's uh, obviously easier said than done. You know, it's also important to know how you're perceived. Yeah. That's um, the that's thing I'm over, honestly, like, especially back then is like how you're perceived and how, you know, people are going to react to you reacting to them. And it was a game of uh, <laughs> chicken almost. Which... For sure. Uh, I see a question live, Greg Skatchel asking about, are you going to be playing the WSOP main event online? Also, how many players do you expect over under 500? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going, I'm driving like three and a half hours to New Jersey this weekend. So I'm excited. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to Hoboken. Uh, northern New Jersey, right across from right across from New York, where uh, Greg Merson lives, and, and like Orson Young, and, and like a lot of my other friends live right in that area. They just play they play a lot of the regulated online gaming in New Jersey. But um, yeah, so I'm super excited. Actually, I, I'm not super excited. I'm I'm already having anxiety if I somehow make the final table, having to get on a plane and then not get COVID. So. If it was all online, I'd be super excited about that. It is. I got to say, this whole thing about the uh, online flying live, like I get the whole deal, but it's it's, it's actually going to be pretty exciting. Like to, the fact of like who gets there, 
people coming in and flying and going. Yeah. And it's kind I mean, of, it's wild. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. Like the American version doesn't touch doesn't touch the uh, the live version where people have to fly. I looked at the flags. There's an Asian. There's a guy from Asia. There's a guy from Argentina. A guy from Brazil. They have to they have to get to they have to get to Rosaldorf. <laughs> That's just. I don't know. It's, it's pretty insane. I don't even know if like, I'm, I'm worried about getting taking a four hour flight, you yeah. know, domestic flight. Like I, I don't know exactly. I don't know how that's going to go down. Like that just yeah. seems like probably some restrictions. Some of those countries probably you're not allowed to leave, or you know, there might I be hope some these guys there. like if they're if they play, they they know they know they can get there. But I was actually hoping I was I said this on Twitter. I responded so I was hoping someone from South America or Asia or something would bag five big blinds and see if they would go. Like, that's what I was hoping for, the sweat. Like, I don't know. It's all, yeah. kind, of, it's all kind of ridiculous for me. I, um, ridiculous for me, but at the same time, it's like 10K main event. Like, I lo- you know, I like to see my friends in Hoboken anyway. It's like, like, whatever. All right, I'll go fire it and see what happens. It is, it is. I don't know. I would, I would assume, I guess I would say under. I would assume like mid 400s if I had to guess, but I haven't really – done much research i know that they've had some a decent amount of satellites on wsp.com are they adding a, a million to first or is that the, the european one i thought they were like doing no, so i think they're adding a million first for the heads up duel between the wsp europe winner and the wsp us winner oh okay they play heads up for a million i believe is how it is Oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I did not know that. That's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on this? Like this, there's been some talk about the, uh, the, you know, the 5k, the guy won. It was like, that's what I thought was the world series guy winner for the year. And now they're doing, Oh, we're having the 10 Ks like, you know, they, how they're presenting it. What do you think about that? Like how they sort of. Yeah. For me, I, you know, I saw, I saw all the hoopla on Twitter and I just didn't really think it was that big of a deal. I understand that guy wants to say he won the main and I, he won a ton of money and good for him. But at the same time, like, like there was also a one, like people don't even say that there was also a one K main in, in, in the U S at the time, like the main event, they had a one K main during the world bracelet event. Like, was that, the, that wasn't the main event though, because it was a smaller buy-in or like it, I, I just, I, to be fair, it wasn't the 10 K buy-in, right? That was a five K. This is the 10 K. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't listen. That guy, I, it's not yeah. like, yeah, I don't think they were ever going to call this guy the main event. Like, I don't think they were going to ever put that guy, even if they didn't have this event. I don't think they were going to give him a, a banner in, at the Rio. Like, so, like, I never thought they would. So maybe I, I'd already thought ahead of time, like this wasn't it. So I understand what people were thinking, like this, this was the main event. So, but for me, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, WSP is putting on another tournament now. The live portion, having a live portion of it, it's like whatever. That's like a separate argument, but. I don't really think, you know, because WSP, they already announced, like when they, when they made the schedule for the, for the online portion, they already announced that they plan to have a live portion in the fall. Now, obviously that fell through, but when, they, but when they discussed the online, when they released the online schedule, they, they said they were going to have a live portion. So if, you know, that, that was the online main event, I think, think mm-hmm. and this is now the live main event, even though it's not. Yeah, that makes sense. That make that feels a little bit more feels yeah. at least like there's a there's a path for a story. It seems like a little closer and all makes all checks out. What do you think about the asterisk? You win this 10k main event. There's only how many runners? Call it 500 or so or whatever. Uh, what do you think on that to call it the world the main event? You are, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fine to say there's an asterisk, but at the same time, you can still say you won the main event. I, I you know it's somewhere in the middle, right? Like. like 
how about this? Like, do you, do you get to say you file table the main event if you when there was actually this year there's gonna be eighteen file tables in the main event this year, right? There's gonna be the nine from Europe and then and the nine from the US. Yeah. Do you get to say you file table it? I guess for sure. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, during this time, it is good to make adjustments. Adjust. You look at the bubble, look at other stuff. Like there, things are a bit different, you know. But it's good that the, that the stuffs they're trying to be creative. They're they're, yeah. getting, they're doing stuff and they're being active. So uh, yeah, I think that. What's your what's your take on the, the ground you pull? Got to ask. This is current events. It's hot. Yeah. It's exciting. People are betting. What's your what's your story? What's your status on all that? Yeah, I, I bet on Doug. Um, at first, I kind of wanted to see Dina. Daniel Wayne, like I was rooting for him, but then, well, beforehand, I was like, I'd rather see Daniel Wayne, but then I just decided, like, he can't win, or he's not winning it. He's not winning often. He's not winning 20% of the time, like the, or 25% of the time, like the betting market says. So, um, so I bet on Doug, and I think it's going about as expected. I mean, Doug's winning. He's not like demolishing, he's not like crushing, crushing, but he's doing quite well. And uh, yeah, I just think it's just a whole different animal for Daniel. I think he would have had to, to, to do way more studying and, practicing for probably like years. I mean, that was Doug. I mean, I know Doug wasn't, hasn't been, been playing heads up, but you know, he only as five years ago, right. Or six, he was like the best heads up player in the world. So right. like just to, just to get to that point, like even if Doug is, you know, not, you know, not in the top hundred anymore, 500 even, it's just a whole different game. And I know Daniel couldn't have played much of heads up cash in his whole life. So yeah, I just, I think it's going as expected. I think it's basically impossible at this point. Uh, for Daniel to come back. Right. Yeah, no, I, Tom was just speaking on this today too. It is tough. You know, it's a totally different animal. You got to get the reps in. You got to play. You can't even just like kind of study a bit and like it's just different. You know, the the uh, the flow of it, the feel, the 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 uh, game situations. Like it, it just, you know, yeah, Daniel, if anyone, he's very sharp, smart guy, great player, one of the most successful poker players of all time, but playing two tables online heads up versus the guy that made his bread and butter from it and you know, it's uh, it's it's tough to close that gap. It's just different. Yeah. They're not playing mixed games. They're not playing, you know, different stuff. They're playing heads up, no limit hold them. It's like a, I mean, Doug's Doug was like a specialist, right? So you're playing a person that special. It's just that's in any kind of you know sport or anything, like any kind of certain thing. If you're going to play a guy in his specialty, when you're someone who does a certain type of thing, maybe even a specialist in a different kind, like it's just not going to work. It's just usually not going to end up well for you. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, wholeheartedly um what is uh what to you is the most exciting uh, possibilities for poker at the moment you know party poker uh has done some things online with the no huds real names um there's rta stuff there you're hearing players getting accused there's some scandals what do you though what what do you think is like the best sign for poker for the future that you see like you're hopeful the limited re-entries what stuff do you think needs to be done and and are you do you think is hopeful for why poker could be very successful still for a long time. Yeah, I think the, the real names is cool. I, I love it. I love what I love what party's doing in terms of that. I think um, the no HUD or limited HUD or like you know it, it's good and somehow and you know these sites are. I know I, I can't imagine how much these sites like security teams have to deal with and and how and how on it they have to be. So um, in terms of um, well, sorry, what exactly was question? I'm just saying, like, which of these things do you think have uh, are most important and are good for to keep online poker you know, moving? Because there is talks yeah. about. I think limiting late reg. Like, I think there was a time where before, before, um, maybe maybe one or two years ago, where there are certain sites where you could like time where they had late reg so long, where like you could just literally max late reg and just immediately have like a twenty percent ROI, even if you barely know how to play poker. 
where you'd be so close to the money. So I think that's an important thing in, in live poker too, like limiting lay reg. And I'm someone who enjoys lay regging, even max lay regging. Um, often if I play online tournaments these days, um, I'm, I'm setting an alarm so I can freaking max lay reg. Like, um, but I think in terms of keeping people from blowing through tons of money, tons of bullets and keeping the pros from being able to maximize their EV, I think, uh, limiting the amount of times you can re-enter and let rich would be best for the stability of long and long-term. Yeah. <coughs> we're, we're definitely aligned on that. All right. Well, let's, uh, we, we definitely covering, covering a, uh, a bunch of stuff going down memory lane. We do have a $111 ticket and I, I saw a lot of great questions here, which we can go for and, and try to get some of these through again, $111 ticket. We'll, we'll keep it, keep it rolling here. So Christian, let's, uh, you, you good on time. We're good to do yeah, yeah, keep it going. We'll try and knock out as many. We're not going to be able to do all of them, but we'll do uh, as many as we can. Uh, okay. Question here from Jason e. Woods. What is next for you? Write poker books, grind even more uh, online, live poker, or wait till COVID is under control. What is, uh, what's next? Have you thought about writing books, doing courses, any coaching? Yeah. Got it's, it's not something I've like I've I've really wanted to do. I'm not I'm not a great writer. I'm not really even a great articulator of my thoughts per se. I you know I made videos ten years ago. Poker savvy plus shout out to them. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's in the cards for me. I think just playing and figuring out when. And then I you know obviously like poker's not gonna be around forever. Like I always wonder like what am I? I don't think I'm gonna be playing uh, as my main source of income for in even six or seven years from now. So figuring out what's next. Honestly, it's hard to say what's next for me in terms of that. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, makes 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 a lot of sense. I mean, you got it's also hard to know what's going to happen, right? With COVID yeah. and you know, who, where where is it live going to open a back? What happens to a live over? Who knows? There might not be a live world series next year, for all we know. Like, hopefully, like we get this under control. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I remember people like Tuckman was trying to bet it and I was telling him save your money because he was like thought it was impossible. The World Series. I remember when those lines came out. I haven't heard for the next World Series. I mean, now there's the vaccine and stuff, but I I mean, I wonder. It's not a guarantee. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually, I've I've joked about this. I've joked about myself on Twitter, but uh, I think I was probably the first person, one of the first people to bet on if there'd be a live World Series. And I bet that there would be. (laughs) And and before, I believe there was not a single case in the U.S. It might have had a couple in Seattle Seattle from the uh, the country. I bet, and I laid, you know, I think I laid 8000 to win $400. I laid 20 to 1 uh, against Doug Polk, <laughs> and I lost. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was I was behind the times of COVID for sure. I, I've learned my lesson. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a, a ridiculous, funny bet I lost, I guess. Uh, speaking of betting, what do you think about the election stuff? There's still people looking for action. You, they're yeah. seeing 20 to 1. You know, I, I've got uh, – I sprinkled some stuff, different bets over the last few years with the Trump Trump files and what's going on. What do you, what do you think's happening right now? I know people that think it's 50-50 legitimately, uh, even though it looks like new news is coming out and, um, you know, it's uh, whatever. What, what's your, is this one sealed and dealed or do you think there's a price? So I was really involved. I was really involved in, in election betting. So I might be biased, but I don't really think I'm biased in saying that. Uh, I think it's pretty much over. I, I think maybe there's like a like a two two or three percent equity in terms of like the Supreme Court overturning it, but I don't think the Supreme Court's going to even see the case. I think they're most by far most likely to just refuse to take it, which they do. Supreme Court gets asked to take you know tons of cases every year, and they they just they just turn it down. So I think they're just gonna they're not going to want to you know the the people who the 
rightist judges on the Supreme Court aren't going to want to maybe embarrass Trump, and they're just going to they're just going to refuse to take it, and then that's just, just going to be the end of it. I think you know I, I don't want to get too political here, but no, I don't think there's some widespread conspiracy in these mostly red states that, against the against Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, it's gotten a little out of hand. It's all it's honestly a bit like. Forget which side of the political spectrum you're on or what you believe or who you want. Like the reality is if Trump somehow were to become president at this point, I feel like it would be it would be really chaotic for the country. Like it could just be I mean, there, it would just it just feels like everything would be out the door. It would just be like it could be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's already like, unfortunately, like I think there's probably 20 percent of the country who are going to be who are convinced that they're that he got cheated and that are going to be, you know, right. So I can you imagine if the other 80, if it gets flipped and then the other 80 are like, what? But, yeah. yeah, it could, it could just be too, too wild. Um, what was the first thing you bought with your first grand prize? And if you are given second chance, will you repeat that path? Interesting. Um, I think I bought a car. I don't really think, I don't really, haven't really bought, bought many like crazy things, but just a car, I guess. Uh, we got people giving hand history. Uh, interesting. I saw that. Is that the tens? That's the tens hand? Yeah. I look at that. Oh, come on, man. Oh, what's the question? It's a PKO too, right? Oh my God. Yeah. You just, you just fired. You're just, you're just snapping. First of all. Yeah. But that's pretty crazy. It's pretty outrageous action. That's what you get on party. You know, people are firing. There's some, some gambling going on there. Yeah. We'll have to uh, know what happened. Obviously, obviously. I'm going to say you lost. Basically has a, it looks like a PLO hammer. He needs the board to win, board to pair to win. Yeah. How many losing years have you had in your career? Have you? Uh, considered- um, I, think, I think I've had one and then one break even. Maybe, you know, maybe two. I would say one, one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's also, you know, some, I mean, really break even when you start talking about amount of buy-ins, if you look at a year and, you know, if you're plus or minus a little bit, right? That's, uh, yeah. There, there, I mean, there's been like, there's been, there's definitely been two, possibly three years that I lost in ter- three years that I've lost in tournaments. So, yeah, tournament variance is like <laughs> pretty crazy. Like, luckily for the maybe for one of the two of those years, I've been able to like move it up in cash. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it. it I, I'm uh, yeah, I th- I'd say that the the var- I mean, this thing the variance is just so wild. It's so hard to understand and really be able to 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 put a, a right gauge on it. You know, it's just. It really is something that you have to have uh, good mental aptitude. You have to really be able to process and, and be realistic about it. It's so easy to be not realistic with results and, and just sort of, uh, you know, or be results oriented, I should say. Sure. Um, what, uh, what, give me your favorite and least favorite starting hand. I, I've never heard the least favorite. Is there anyone that you like? You're like, oh, I got to play it, but I don't want to play it. Like, I know. Aces, magnets. No, I, I, don't, I don't have a least favorite. Favorite? You know, I love this. You know, everyone loves this. The small pairs, the sweet connectors, but would go aces. Yeah, We've got a Michael Phelps question here. Uh, where did you meet Michael Phelps? So shout out to MP, if you're checking it out. Where? Where? Was I it? think uh, I think it was the same. I think it was the same point where Scott Freeman, SC Trojans tournament online OG was was coming to Baltimore to hang out with you two. Yeah, and I was friends with Scott, and Scott knew I lived whatever twenty minutes away, and he knew that I was doing well online at the time and. We just hooked up, and I came over and I hung out. We, I think, the first time we were just, we were just, we were just playing online, like just clicking buttons, and uh, that was there was a lot of fun memories hanging out with you guys in Baltimore. So yeah, that was fun. I was trying, I was trying to think if that was that was the first time or not, but I do yeah, remember. It feels, like it, it feels like it was. That was a long time ago. You, that was like the town, the 
the townhouse on the water one. You know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Got yeah that was good times uh, for sure. What, I, what have you talked to Scott in the last few years? I haven't really, I haven't, I haven't really talked to Scott in like over five years. So. I talked to him a, a few years ago, but uh, he's in Chicago doing like investment banking or something like that, or trading, maybe trading. Um, that's that sounds right. It's been. It has been, it has been a bit, but yeah, man, it's so, it's so interesting. I would love to, you know, look back at like the top couple hundred guys or, or just guys that we're friends with that played that really yeah, haven't so and just that aren't playing, seeing what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I always wonder if someone will pop up on Facebook that I was friends with and I'm like, yeah, I start scrolling and I'm like, what is, what is this guy up to? Like, what is he doing? Yes. Yeah. I've got, I, it's some, there's, there's definitely some I wouldn't have pegged or, or guessed. And also some guys that are still sort of like undercover playing or grinding some tournaments. And like, especially, like for example, Greg, I get, I get, well, I get people asked about Greg and Tony a lot because neither of them are really like, you know, out in the open anymore. And Greg, Greg's just been freaking plays 10 hours a day, five days a week, something like that. Tell yeah, that's uh, that's something you know. I, and Tony Gregg, I knew Tony did like a thirty day meditation or something because I did a I did a ten day uh, one where no talking, writing, reading, so yeah. pretty crazy. I think he did a few of those. Or- Tony would would go to I think it was a place in Maine. He would go to. He went like maybe twice a year or more. He's probably been five or six times where yeah, thirty days like no talking, uh, barely eating, like vegan, like really uh, not much stuff. Um, 30 days seems uh that seems a bit long. Like 10 was a stretch. But I a three or four day is like pretty- uh, Tony's hitting the float the float tank every day. I want to I've been have you done that before? I've been thinking about I haven't done that. No, uh, I have not. I I would I think all that stuff like there's this um I, the meditation deal and and doing that is so it's so uh, it's so important but it's just like it unfor- I think it shows you if you can't do a 10 minute or 15 minute sort of meditation or relaxation, you're, you're probably just a little too scattered. You you might want to be able to like find, be able to do that. So, Oh yeah. I'm not great at that either. Like those guys are way, Tony and Greg are way more Zen than me. I, I'm not, my brain is all over the place. Yeah. I think we're probably the ones we need to do it more though. That's the, yeah, that's, sure. that's the sign for it. It's not easy though. Um, people ask about your, ba- your biggest cash. We've already gone over that. What's the favorite online NTT of your career? Is the 100 rebuy? That seemed to be one you just smashed and won a lot in. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, Stars 100 rebuy, like tweet 2007, 2011, probably. The good old days where we were just like, where we were just like going dark. I remember actually, I have a, a funny story where I got banned for a week for for talking in the chat about flipping for colluding in the uh, in the 100 rebuy with the net 15. We got we got we both got banned for a week. And I was so pissed. Yeah, they. <laughs> you apparently you could. Everyone was doing it, but you couldn't. You couldn't talk about it in chat. You couldn't say let's flip next hand. And I got banned for a week, like during WCUP or something. I was so pissed. Wow. Yeah, good old days. Jeez. Uh, what was the? What's your biggest? What's the the sickest beat you took in a tournament? Situationally, anything really deep, big uh, moment, bad, uh, those big scores, final tables. Yeah, I, don't, I can't even. I can't remember off the top of my head. My memory shot in my old age. That's good though. That's that's a good sign if you're blocking that stuff out. I could. I, I probably. Have, yeah, I tried to exit out. That's that is that is good. Um, let's see some interesting, funny questions here. Uh, oh yeah, major influences as a poker player. I mean, you mentioned Tony and um, Greg. Uh, any other? I'm sorry. Yeah, Greg and Tony. Any other guys like people? What about who you admired growing up or watched on TV? Anyone? Any names that stand out? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of guys online, just like the, a lot of the people in, in the boom, like the Phil Ives of the world. I mean, who didn't idolize him as a as an 18 year old, you know, in America? There's so many guys online. Like honestly, like Marchese, like guys like him, like the Timexes, and even though he's younger than me, and you know, so many guys like Jaboro, Steve Gross, who I always talk about. Like people, people. If you ever if you ever want to look at a pre Black Friday uh, graph, you should check out. Steve Gross's uh, stuff. Like, there were so many guys I looked up to, and I, I tried to like would watch, just would watch them play. If, if I would, you know, if I was done a session, I would see 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 what they're doing and see what they're up to. And I was always trying to see, you know, gain more information and, and get better. Yeah, for sure. I I'd still I still don't understand too. Like I, I just yeah, like he was. They just uh, they were just so ahead of the time. You know, even like yourself was had such great results in crushing, but like. I'm just trying like the the absolute top back then when there really wasn't a lot of information. I just wonder what what they like the people that were the innovators there. What if they were just you know were they running some programs? Were they just like you know? I think they're just they're just they're in a puzzle. They're trying to put the pieces together and trying to like you know like you know trying to create logical reasons for doing it. And I think you know the best players did that, and that's why like a lot of the best players now are still those guys. Like they've been able to adapt just with different learning mechanisms, whether it's, whether it's uh, Ike or, or Jason Kuhn, like those guys were around when I was, you know, when I was around. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's just, it is, it is crazy. Some of these guys that have just really withstood the test of time and, and, and doing it all the way from the very day one and still firing at the pace and, and, yeah. and lossy they're doing. Um, what, uh, what was it? How did you first get into poker? What was your first introduction? Who showed it to you and how yeah. did you get in there? Um, I guess in high school, I think I was a junior in high school. So this is 2003, um, like 2003, four. I remember there was a kid who would, who would sit at our lunch table because he was like juniors and seniors would eat lunch together in my school, same race high school in Apple's Maryland. Shout out. Um, and one of our friend, one of the kids was a sophomore, but he had to eat lunch with the juniors and seniors certain days of the week because of his schedule. And he, he would, uh, I was a junior, he was a sophomore. He'd sit down at our lunch table and kind of like brought him in. And then he started talking about poker and then all of a sudden I was like, poker? And then I'd go home, watch it, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, I was all in. And then all of a sudden, his name's Joel Bennick, I gotta, since, since you asked, my boy Joel, I'd have to, um, then I would just go to his house every weekend almost and just play poker or play live. Obviously, we eventually started clicking buttons online and yeah, that's how it all started. Very, very cool. So like, yeah, kind of right place, right time, just yeah. interesting. Right, and- I mean, the right, like the exact age, I think where it's best to like, start learning how to, how to figure it out and like having the time and freedom and having no worries, you know? Yes. Uh, that I had that I made scoop and ice cream. It's it's uh, it, it for sure. Were you playing on party or those sites? Like, did you put a couple of $50 transfers? Yeah. Uh, I did get the free 50 on party. I remember doing that back in the day, but uh, I was mostly just playing on, I think poker stars for the most part. Though. But yeah. Also, oh, what was your first so online? Then what was the first year you, you, you started in those. I mean, it was, you know, it was before I was 18. Like def- it was definitely like 2005, four or five. I think poker stars literally had a change birthday option on their, uh, on their, uh, <laughs> on their site back then. So I think a lot of us did that. Well, I like kept the same screen. A lot of people change screen names when they're after 18, but you know, I don't advise, you know, gambling for the age of 18, but right. Just changed my birthday and I was ready to go. Yeah, he must have yeah, just misclicked or whatever, and then it, <laughs> and, and sorted out when it's time to cash out years later. Um, yeah. Very cool. Well, Dude, I remember getting a. That just reminded me. I remember me and my friend Joel 
we were just like grinding. We were like bonus because Poet Party Poker, like, you know, would give away $50 for a new account or deposit. We were like a uh, bonus, you know, finding free $50 from these random European sites. And I remember getting a check. We got a check for like whatever, maybe $2,000, you know, we're, we're 18. Um, from, and they sent us a check from like the Netherlands. We got a check, like something ridiculous. It was some European country, not, you know, not even whatever. And it took like, took like two months to clear. I gave Mike and I had to bring it to a separate bank to clear the check. Like those were, those were the things we were up to back then. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, the, uh, the wild man, the old days and the refer friends and all the, yeah. uh, the, the sites, like it, it really is, uh, it's crazy to see some of these sites and, and how they've been around and the, the rides and, you know, some of the black Friday stuff was, was so massive, uh, of a swing for the industry and for everybody. Do you remember where you were when that happened, when black Friday hit? Oh uh, yeah, I know exactly where I were. Um, unfortunately it was, it was, it was especially at the time of me cause my, my dad actually died, but died later that month. Uh, he had cancer, so he had a uh, pancreatic cancer. So I, I knew he was going to die. So I was at, I was with him, and it was a it was an especially tough time. But it was very it was very very weird for me because as I said during 2011, I was just like grinding a ton of PLO. Like so, I had a t- I had a lot of money online. I think I, I had a, I had six figures on stars, and I had some um, on full tilt. And luckily for me, I actually like randomly like sent my money to a Canadian on full tilt when I when, when everything happened. So I actually got like my, my full tilt balance like kind of right away. And as we all know, like stars paid everyone out like pretty quickly. So that was, uh, that was, I was lucky for that to happen. But yeah. That sounds like pretty, forget, like where I was and like what. <laughs> it's pretty, stru- that's gotta be a pretty you know, intense, stressful. Yeah. I mean, before, your whole career is kind of changing in front of you. You know, sorry to lose your father. That's yeah. extremely you know, difficult anytime, let alone you're, 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 you're kind of just like getting all this news and things are happening at once. So how did, did you, were you able to, did, did you take some time? Did you then move, get like to Canada or Mexico? Or did you kind of relax for a while before you got going again? So I guess maybe I was lucky where I, I had other things on my plate where like, I felt like I didn't feel too uncomfortable. Like I was like, stars is going to pay us out. Like, and I'm dealing with this other stuff obviously in my life. So I didn't like, I don't think I stressed over it over as a lot of people. Um, but yeah, and then I did not move to I did not move anywhere. I would take trips. I went to Toronto probably five times. I went to Playa del Carmen, Mexico, for like two weeks at a time. I would play a series, but I didn't really have the desire to um, full on move because at that point, like in two thousand at the in the middle of two thousand ten, maybe I'd been playing like only basically Sundays and maybe Tuesdays in terms of tournaments. Um, so starting then, I was mostly just playing cash during the week and playing online tournaments on Sunday. So I, I didn't really, uh, think it was like feasible just to move. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, not- I make a vacation. I go to Montreal, Toronto, Playa, see my friends. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's a, you know, it's kind of, I, I, I say this is like one of the defining moments in my career that actually was a positive in a moment. You know, I remember where I was as well and it looked like it was going to be, a really bad thing, but it turned out to be made me travel more, made me, you know, do some other things, get back in shape, kind of like reevaluate what I was doing. I was just kind of in a rut and eating poorly, partying, drinking, and just playing online all day. So it was kind of like in the moment I was like, Oh, this is terrible, but it, it actually ended up shifting to be a yeah. round positive. I don't know if the same for you, maybe with traveling and doing some of this stuff and maybe changing what your, your kind of routine uh, was. Cause I mean, obviously you had a lot of success live, as well and maybe yeah, I, think I just started playing more live i think that's basically what happened like 
all of a sudden, because all of a sudden it was the World Series, right? Where it's because it happened in April. And I just kind of chilled. I knew I was going to play the World Series in, you know, in 2011. Um, so, and then, and then I just mostly was playing live cash, live tournaments a little bit, like on, you know, shitty American sites. And, <laughs> and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's always, uh, you know, it's always in the moment stuff can seem kind of kind of crazy and, and worse than it is. What's your what's your favorite stop on tour um, that you would say right now you want to go back? What's the first place if the doors are open, you would just go right away? I think you said Australia, you love New Zealand. But yeah. What about, in terms what about of, poker room. Yeah. Somewhere. I mean, just more realistically, uh, uh, Montreal. I think we all we've had some good nights in Montreal. I actually remember I remember one funny night, one, one funny story I can tell from Montreal where. Well, first, so yeah. Uh, first of all, playground—they do a great job. Like yeah. the the food, the chairs, the price—you know, the, the one one Canadian dollar a minute from poker massage was the best, you know, best deal you can get. All that. I mean, in the city is just an amazing city. Um, but yeah, I remember going out in Montreal with you, and this is this is this is a story I like to tell because it's pretty funny. And I don't know if you remember this, and it's gonna dog one of your friends a little bit. But me, you, you, you hit me up. We're like me, uh, Antonio, and Phil or going out to a club, if you want to come with me, you want to come. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm in. So us four are in a, are in a cab together or, you know, a big, a big like van taxi. And, and then we were about to get there and Antonio turns to you and he says, he says, I'm not going in. I can't go with them too. Uh, Phil Locke is wearing sweatpants. I'm at least like dressed up. So I was offended. Like I, I wasn't looking sharp like Antonio, of course. But I was like a little offended. And then I was like, whatever. And you're like, you're obviously like, you know, you're, Fucking, you're the PBF, you're the nicest guy. You're like, come on, Antonio, stop being ridiculous. Like, what? And, anyways, Antonio just, as soon as we get out, he beeline, he beelines it to the VIP section to get in. <laughs> we, we, the door opens, and Phil Locke comes out, and the guy, the head security guy, sees Phil Locke, doesn't see Antonio, says, Phil Locke, and like loses his mind. And we, and we get into the club faster than Antonio, no because the, the other guy saw Phil Locke in sweatpants at like, you know, a super trendy club in, in Montreal. And that was, uh, I didn't hear this story for years until last night. That's remember this? Remember that? no, I, I, well, I remember going out. I don't remember the, uh, I know Phil like in, I think, yeah, they, they historically, you know, they, they're not always going to dress up or they're coming from the poker clothes or whatever. So that all rings a bell, but I don't remember that, that uh, they didn't let him in and, and um, that they, Antonio, but that, that's, that it is funny. Funny. So, going out like we're having this conversation in the cab where he says, where I'm like I'm like walking in before you guys. Like he's embarrassed to walk with to walk with me and Phil. And the the fact the way the way it all went down was something out of a movie where when we when Phil gets out of the thing and they they I usher us in so fast. I think we literally see Antonio like waiting but you know by or by a rope waiting to get to hell. So yeah, that, waving at him. His, Antonio takes his fashion very seriously. He's got like really certain people at at uh you know sick amount of people at dinner he's very particular in his ways but um yeah that's that's funny that's awesome phil lock is uh phil lock such a such a hero i i but when it, uh, phil lock has never really done a podcast got to get him on man he is oh, he's he, lock. He, come on you can convince him i hope no yeah i talk to him a lot he's just very quiet private and sort of uh he's been you know he's just been under the radar but yeah phil phil's yeah. a phil's a must must have on on he's the pod. drum yes for sure um well yeah, I think. Well, first of all, the Ravens are playing. So the Ravens, what is their record tonight? Are they they're six and five or six five and one or something? I don't even know. I should know. Come on, Christian, you got to know the. I got, that's got to be all on the spot. Six and five. They are six and five. 
Okay, so they're they're hanging in. They're in the mix. This is an important game. They had a COVID a- uh, episode. What do you think about Lamar uh, Jackson? He had he's having a bit of a rough year compared to like his his absolute you know show stopping basically MVP and just crushing it. What do you think? Is he hyped too hyped up? Is it just kind of bad luck? Do you think he's? Yeah, like- I think it's a combination of both. Like, there's some bad variants. There's some injuries. There's some league, the league kind of like figuring out a way to defend him. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to he's going to be a fantastic quarterback if he stays healthy for the next five or five or eight years. But he's maybe not like you know he's not in the top of the tiers, which is fine. You don't have to be as good as Patrick Mahomes. No one is, but uh, I mean, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with him as Ravens quarterback. Yeah, he's uh, he exactly. He's, you got to be happy to have him driving driving the team. What's your uh, what's your favorite sport to sweat if you're betting at all or, or mixing up? Like, do you, is it is it NFL? Do you like the NBA? Where, where do, you, do you like UFC? Yeah, probably. I've been. I, I you know I, I wasn't a UFC fan until COVID. Now they have a freaking every weekend. So betting betting UFC every weekend is pretty fun to sweat. You know, taking some of these you know big dogs or whatever. But uh, really, all of, I mean, all of them I enjoy in, in different ways. Football, basketball, UFC. Um, let's uh, baseball. I guess you're never dead in baseball, right? You can always come back and win. Yeah, that's uh, that's. The, I mean, in terms of betting, like, like you know, like, you're actually just dead in a lot of these sports. Uh, yeah, it's, in the third and fourth quarters. Or it's true. It's true. I mean, the uh, it, I don't know. The NBA though seems like there's a lot of leads evaporators. Some crazy basketball can have some sure. crazy sure. basketball. I mean, yeah, yeah. basketball. It's the only thing. The only like. I mean, I, I can tell by your face, like baseball gets dogged a lot, and rightfully so. But one of the redeeming qualities is that you actually, you actually can win until the last at bat because it's not by time, right? It's by by bats. So that's, that's a good way. That is a good way to look at it. I've actually I, that movie Moneyball. When I saw it, that really changed my view on baseball, and like I, I appreciate it more and thought like the intricacies and the pitch counts and kind of understanding more about it. I, I've gotten a lot more into golf as well. I think it's kind of fun to watch and sweat, especially like DraftKings. Me too. Yeah, I was. You know, it's another thing where like sports is back. I guess I'm watching and betting on golf. So that that was that you know because that was the first sport to come back, right? Because it's individual and it's you know they're outside on a freaking course by themselves. Uh, but you know that was you know sweating golf every weekend. Was, yeah, pretty safe. Pretty safe one to come back. What uh, what would be your? What do you think the uh, the overall landscape of poker will be? Give me like, do you think the U.S. is going to get it back? You saw Michigan, Pennsylvania pass West Virginia. There's uh, now there's sort of becoming a bit of a, enough states for some liquidity. Yeah. What's your? Do you, are you hopeful? Do you think poker is going to boom again in, in the U.S.? I think eventually. I just think it could take a long time. I think the big domino would be California which it doesn't seem, I mean, I haven't done, you know, followed it super closely, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen like super anytime soon. But I think like once California would come back, like it could create like a huge, um, a huge, huge boom. I don't think it's going to happen in the next couple of years, but I would love for, for it to come back. Um, you know, but it, it, it's growing every year, right? Like even like, for example, in Maryland, they just on the ballot, they just passed sports betting. And this is just hopefully like, you know, next year they do poker or something like that, where eventually poker is going to be legal. And if not every state, most states. So I think it could take some time, though, which unfortunately could like affect how the games will look at the end. But but for example, like California, I, I don't know the number, but I believe like California in, in, on Black Friday, like California, in terms of the worldwide um, usage on poker stars on Black Friday was some a ridiculous number like it was. 
25% of the entire world. Yeah. Silverstar's players active were from California. Yeah. So, I mean, that California is like a whole, you know, massive, massive in terms of population, money, the type of people that play, like, could change the game. Yeah, I think it was something that was like the third largest country in the world, like the, the state alone or something. Or the, yeah, it's it's some, something crazy. I know Stars made like a whole campaign. They were trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, I remember when Daniel was driving around to these Indian casinos trying to publicize it. Um, yeah. But hopefully one day. Yeah. What's, uh, what is, uh, did you catch any, do you, do you like this heads up stuff? Like the, the Daniel Polk, uh, you mentioned you bet. And what about like the Antonio Helmut? Did you watch any of the duel? Did you see any of that? Do you like that format? You know, I've been meaning to, I've been meaning to like watch it fully. Cause I was, remember, cause obviously I saw people tweeting about it, especially like, uh, Galfond and, and stuff. Um, so I've only watched like the book go highlights, but I would like to, at some point definitely catch up and, and see that. But yeah, I mean, I've been watching a decent amount of the, of the Daniel and Doug, um, it's interesting. It's, it's, and now, you know, now, this is cool to see the book community. There's so many people that are like talking about it, streaming. And there's, I can't believe I can watch, I can watch them play on five different streams. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. but it's cool. I mean, it's good for poker. Anything like this is good for poker, especially when you have someone so mainstream and huge as Daniel, who's like, you know, the number one or number two ambassador of the game. Yeah, I, I think it is great for poker. It's also like I, I kind of thought this was going to happen. And, and it was funny how they did that. I like how they went live first, right? So they got to – because they have such that a – that, that was hilarious TV. That was great. It was like a bromance kind of though. Like I kind of saw yeah. it happening. Like not, I, I saw it going that way, you know. But uh, I don't know if they – it seems like their their demeanor sort of toned down and pretty friendly in general. I think it's gotten yeah. less, less – uh, Yeah, I think it's – you know, the, the type of thing where some, someone has a big lead, one person's humbled and the other person doesn't want to like stoke the fire too much. And that's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of my read on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Do you think they'll go the distance or do you think it's going to get called after halfway? I don't know. I've heard some, you might know and about, about the um, incentives that Daniel has from Bill Perkins, I believe to keep playing, giving him, giving him extra odds since Perkins got so much on him. So I think that's the, I think Daniel might quit without that, but with this, he might be, he might be, and then Perkins, I mean, there might be him incentivized to keep playing. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think? I think they'll probably keep playing. I, said, so. I, I, I know. I think they'll keep playing as long as it's close. Like I think if it gets too much more out of hand, like if it gets to be like, it just is like absolutely out of reach, like for sure. Then yeah, no, but uh, I don't know. I mean, how many, what percent done are they? I, I'm not even sure. Is it 20 now? Are they up to 20 ish? I think they're at over 7,000 hands. So that would be, yeah, 20. Almost. More than, more than 20. Yeah. 30. Yeah. Okay. So it's going fairly quickly. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Well, no, it's, it's fun. I, I would say like in general, I'd say poker. I think poker in general has been pretty exciting. Like I think it, it's been an uh, interesting time during COVID. I feel like there's been enough, there's been enough entertainment action series. There's a lot, maybe even too much online where people are getting a little burnt out and yeah. a lot of big series. And, and that's like, all these sites have different series like i mean good for them like i understand it's the right time but i especially think it's funny when all these um there's all these like uh, new series or they're they're naming live series uh like like <laughs> a lot of them are party poker so i don't mean to like no like, no it's just funny i mean but i get it like i get it like it's 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 what needs to be done but it, it's it is pretty funny seeing so much and then all these freaking series on not just party but poker stars and ACR and all of them. Yeah, it's uh, it gets to be yeah exactly. You start branding stuff as whatever. I mean, I, 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 it is good, but it's like if you do it, if it's too much, 
you know, it's a bit, uh, you start just like doing the live events or just like their mains, which is, Hey, you know, I, it works. It's just at some point you can't do it all the time. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll kind of see how that plays out, but well, I know the Ravens, they got a game tonight, Christian. We have covered a lot. This has been a treat because we haven't, we have not uh, caught up in a while. It's been way too long. So this has been cool to kind of run through your career, catch up, see what's going on. It sounds like you are, uh, you're doing well and playing, playing some, some good PLO and that will have to battle a bit. PLO is fun. I look forward to uh, hopefully we get to play live or some uh, tournaments coming up in, in, in with PLO and uh, yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to cross paths and maybe a, a Maryland reunion, get to a Baltimore Ravens game. Yeah. Uh, in the future when, when life is back to normal, it might not be this season, but um, yeah, it's been a while and uh, we are going to do a giveaway though. So I want you to, uh, I did copy this and we're going to give away a $111 ticket. You guys can still get in. It's not too late right now. Uh, you ready to give this away? Yeah. I'm, I'm picking or what would you mean? Oh, you're yeah. doing random. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Let me, let me load this up. So just let me get this queued up. So we got this go next, create contest. Uh, I am sure and download retweets and then you're going to tell me when to pick it. So yeah, $111 ticket. That's not nothing. That's a nice, it's a nice shot. I saw a guy actually message me that he hit the uh, 18K score first place with one of this other day. I think he was just now uh, somewhere. Let me find him. Someone, someone hit, there it is right there. With your ticket? Yeah, the one shot, the one shot. I just just saw it tonight, actually. So I haven't even. Uh, Dude, amazing, that's great for you. Great comment. Yeah, that is fun. So, um, all right, here it is. We got 103 eligible people. That's not bad. It's over a dollar equity per retweet. And Christian is going to go choose a winner. You tell me when. Now. Boom. There it is. We are going to say we're sure, and it's getting right here. $111 ticket, and the winner is Ray. Hey, hey, hey! It's Ray. I think Ray won. Someone named Ray took down first and a ticket and there is going to be, we'll send him a message and we're going to root on the Ravens. Who are they? I'm embarrassed to say, I got, I should know this. Who are the Ravens playing tonight? They're playing the Cowboys. Ooh, what's the line on that? Ravens got to be favored, right? Ravens are eight and a half point favorites. Yeah. Big, big one. They were four. I looked at my phone once. Took a- yeah, they were up four late in the second quarter. Ravens. Took a took a took a peek, and I'm going to check that game out as well. And Christian, man, seriously, a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear you're doing well, and always always a treat. So we'll we'll catch up soon, and uh, yeah, get some sports cards, man. Let's uh, let's let's. I'll tell you, that's where it's yeah, at. The Marchese, yeah, Thanks. we're going to go to the Marchese School and, uh, and and grab some stuff from him. So, all right, man, appreciate the time. Thanks so much, Christian. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. All right, thanks for having me, Jeff. It was great. All right, guys, that was Christian Harder, known as Real Charter 30, online legend, was number one in the world in 09. He has continued to withstand the test of time, still in the game, still crushing, still having fun. And we did uh, reminisce about some time back in Baltimore in the days. And we'll, uh, we'll be on for more podcasts next week. Thanks for watching. Twitch stream's coming up. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.